You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Very privileged to be with you today and just share from God's Word. I'm Eliana. For those who don't know me, my name is Eliana, originally Zucchi and in marriage white. So I've done a big shift. Um, but my connection with the church uh, go back to about 33 years ago. Um, I came as a student at the International Bible Training Institute. Uh, I was only 18 then, so you can calculate for yourself. Um, and then uh, met uh, my husband, uh, went to Spain for many years as missionaries, and then about 14, 15 years ago, we came here uh, to the leadership of the college a few years ago. And so the connection very strong with the, with this church. Um, I remember often when uh, John and myself come, um, uh, we're often away. So maybe some of you don't know us, uh, but when we are here for the weekend, we uh, come fellowship in the church, and just sometimes um, we look at the walls. And I remember one of the experiences in this building was about 33 years ago. John, who was a painter and decorator, uh, the, the old pastors asked us if we could paint this building. So the two of us who were starting a relationship or we were maturing a relationship ended up, if you can picture John and myself on scaffolding in this building, painting this building. And for a few years, there was a patch. Every time we came on itinerary, the, the paint was still, the, the painting was still John. And John had actually left a part that didn't quite go over. And often when we come on a Sunday, oh, I'm, I'm glad that patch is gone. <laughs> I'm just saying this to, you know, we are what we are by the grace of God, are we? Uh, so although today we lead the school, we're very simple people, we're very down to earth, and it just for us it's a joy to share with you today. Um, for me it's a joy to share with you today what God has put in my heart, because at the end of the day it's all about, I believe what the message I want to share today is about grow to love. We, we could analyze many reasons today why we should grow and why we are on the earth and why we aim towards something and why are we created in a way that very young and then we grow and we could say we are aiming towards excellence. We, God is, um, we have a plan of um, overcoming and we have a dreams and visions and we grow for this and we grow for that. It's a natural process. But at the end of the day, God's word says that we are uh, created to grow to love. There is nothing else but growing to love. And so I want to share uh, why this today. Well, as I was um, seeking the Lord and as I was praying this last few weeks, God put this message in my heart. And it, I think it, it's part as everything with God starts with a little hint or an idea. And it started with considering the summer. You know, summer is a it's an interesting uh, season, but what, if I look back as a child, uh, what I remember about summer, apart from the ecstatic joy of, you know, I'm talking young, right? The ecstatic joy of finishing school. <laughs> yeah, that was it. But then um, what, what, often happened, uh, what often happened to me, this was my experience, that in those few weeks that you finished school, you were already gearing that you were, in a few weeks, you were going to join a new class. You, you were going to move. 
And especially in those times when you were going from primary to secondary and then secondary to et cetera, et cetera, you, and when you uh, then chose college and so on, do, the summer gave you that real picture of, well, you felt you were growing. You know, you then got all your gear again and you got your new bag and you got this and that. And as I was thinking this last few weeks about summer and this... Um, a feeling that I used to have as a child, or, or uh, just a few days ago, we were we had uh, camps at, at the college, little children, and I was thinking, I was uh, observing them, and I, I really saw how they are still in that process of growth. They're really excited about growth, but when you grow, you grow older, when you grow older, it seems that growth is something that we, uh, you, you know, becomes part of almost something that used to happen but it doesn't happen anymore, we are kind of, we've arrived. Well, not that we are proud, but we, we're like stuck, you know, we're there. But I want to tell you that what, this morning I want to share about God's plan for us to continue to grow. What, because growth is not um, gearing towards achievement, but how has God intended us for us to grow and to continue to this wonderful life of maturity in him. And I just want to share um, a couple of verses in Genesis. Very simple this morning, just an encouragement to focus on, on God, our relationship with God. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse, verses 27 and 28. is still growing here. I think all the ones that are, feel like growing are going, have gone next door. But who is still growing? You feel you're in that process, yeah? Um, the other question could be, who is happy to stay forever at this place? Who, who is happy to stay always at the same place? We're not very happy. How, how many of you, or those who are, um, we're all over 18, yeah, but <laughs> Who remembers the time that when you were 12, 13, 14, 15, all you wanted to be, grow? If, you ask, if somebody asks you, why do you want to grow? Is, I, you know, I want to be 18. <laughs> Whatever that meant. <laughs> it's like, um, who, who wished to be 18 very fast? Um, the other question, what does growth mean to you? What, what, what do you mean by growing? When we, we think about growth, we think about development, what do we, what it means to us? What does it mean to us? Um, what do you think determines the end of your growth? When, when do you think somebody finishes growing? That's it, they've, they've finished growing. They don't need to grow anymore. Um, or maybe an interesting question to answer is, who can you think in your life as a person that doesn't really need to grow anymore? Do you have anybody, maybe children, may tend to think that my parent, my mom doesn't need to grow anymore. I mean, she knows everything. Uh, do we have those people? Maybe a significant figure, maybe a, a mentor that you think, well, they know. They, we wouldn't think. I mean, I, I can look at people today and I think they don't need to grow anymore. They, Pauline and Alan, you're a, an example. You know, Margaret, do they need to grow anymore? They've seen it all. <laughs> They've done it all. Do we need to continue this process? How does it work? Um, and what makes them, those people, mature, grown up? What do we see? Is it their competence? Is it their confidence? Is it their wrinkle? They're all grown up. What, what does it mean? 
Uh, when we look at this scripture in uh, chapter 1, verses 27 and 28, we find some secrets there that I just want to look at. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So that, this is it. Uh, the scripture speaks about the intentions of God. God created man um, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created. This was creation. This was the act of creation. And God created man. Then we expect to... This is the blueprint. Uh, Genesis provides, the first chapters in Genesis provide a blueprint of what man was created for. Now, man wasn't created to be saved. Yeah? In the original plan, God, man wasn't created to be saved because man was created good. So there must be another reason why man was created, because we, we major, and truly, and, and rightly so, because of the fall we, and sin, we major on God's salvation. We are, we are created, and God saved us. But the original plan, it's not that. The original plan is that God created man for something else. Then sin came in, and the redemption plan comes after. But the redemptive plan is not the original plan in your life. So in other words, God doesn't save you to save you. He saves you to bring you back to, through the redemptive plan of Jesus Christ, bring you back to the real purpose of why he created you in the first place. That's wonderful. Because many people major, we can major on salvation. And rightly so. Salvation is important. But if we maintain a mindset of salvation, being in constant need of salvation, we will fail to understand who we are in God. Do you understand what I mean? And many people struggle with it. Many of you, myself, I struggled for many years because I made of salvation the original plan. So I continue to look every day to be saved and to be helped and to be this and to be, up, and to be achieving and to doing. And because salvation has got an element of the, the need of salvation has got an element in that you need it to redeem you from your feeling of not be, uh, coming short of the glory of God. So what it does is salvation meets a need that we will always have in our state of sin, which is we have to do something. We have to do something. We need to be saved. We have to be redeemed. We, there is not enough in us of the, the, uh, the stature of God, the image of God, to give us the true meaning of, of existence. Now, here Genesis speaks about the original plan. Take away the fall, take away sin, and let's go back and see what were we created for. Wow. And can I tell you that... Maybe you've read many, many books. You know much theology. You've heard many, many preaching. But this is it. I'm about to read it again. This is it. God blessed them. He created them in his image and blessed them. And said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. 
That's it. You know, I can, I can just picture, and I'm not making light of God's word, but I can, just bless, I can just picture God creating mankind in his image and then saying, bless you. Bless you. Go on. Grow. Increase. Fill the earth. Bless you. I'm here. Bless you. Go on. Increase. Be happy. Bless you. Is that it? Is that it? Bless you. Go on. This is what the scripture says. He blessed them. He created them. Blessed them and said, be fruitful. Increase. Fill the earth and subdue it. That He gave them the plan. This was it. The plan. Now, I can't help looking at God's word and say, Lord, and where, where is the after? You know, this is it. Bless you. Go on. I'm happy with you. Bless you. I'm here. Go on. Increase. Be blessed. Fill the earth. Is, it, is this it? Well, I want to just share a, a, a very short testimony. My personal testament story, maybe you've heard it. But in 1987, my husband and I got married. And I come from a very big family. And um, Italian family, six children. More children than you remember to put in the car when you're going somewhere. <laughs> more children than, than ever receiving one slice of cake that was about, or one slice of mortadella or salami that was that you couldn't just see through it that kind of many children poverty mixed with many children a fantastic combination i come from a very very poor upbringing and um i remember though the uh, big family and then i was the fifth for many years and when um after i was about nine uh, my little sister, my mother fell pregnant again and, and my little sister came along and I was the closest to her. Uh, my uh, older siblings, they were, uh, my older sister, older sister was about five years older than me and then seven and then eight. So I was like the closest to her and she kind of took hold of me as like a hero and, and, and I started to develop this real love for this little girl and therefore then I thought children were my passion and so I studied pedagogy and I did all my study as a children nurse and blah, 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 blah. And then um, got married and then when I went to Spain, my, uh, after uh, we got married, my immediate dream was to have a big family. I thought I studied, uh, in fact, I think unconsciously I studied pedagogy because it's, I wanted to, uh, you know, do everything right. And I love children. This passion for children really was born in my heart. And I prepared myself, all geared up. And then when we got married, after a, a year or so, we, we started to want some children. And uh, they didn't come. And then one year went by, and then two years went by, and then... This is a very personal testimony, but I'm sharing it for a purpose. I think it's, it's very important today. And after about a couple of years, we went to the doctor, and the doctor, without much, uh, much um, 
delicacy or, or uh, anything. He just told me, you can't have children, just like that. And something broke in my mind. I remember the day that I came out of the doctor and I didn't lose faith. I didn't lose um, my hold on God, but something broke in my mind. It's something just snapped. You know, when man uh, declares something, and it pushed me in a very, very deep depression. I was for three years very, very depressed. I was two, two days uh, suicidal. I attempted something, and I was in the mission field. Um, this is something very, very far back in my memory. But I want to give also God the glory today because I never had children in my life, but God did a work in those three years that transformed my life. He took me, I can only describe it as I fell in a hole. I just fell in a hole. You know when you're walking and you just fall in a hole. And God slowly took me out of this hole. And the story would be too long to, to share. But he did something very, very amazing in my life at that time. But what I want to use it today to share with you is this. I remember as we were uh, processing through this uh, issue, we started to have uh, chats with John about the, um, the reason why we would have children, or why do we want them? Because we were unhappy with not having them. So why would we want them? Maybe I've shared with some of you those, so forgive me. Um, but what we found that as a, at the end, through this process, all we could come up with was no other reason why do we want children? Why do we, a couple wants children? Why did you want children when you got married? Um, so that when you're old, you have company? So that they can become what you didn't become? Why? Just, just think about yourself when you got married. What, what that instinct, what that desire dictated, um, where was it coming from? And I remember talking a long time with John and saying, but why do we need, why, why is it that we struggle with this? And one day, just talking, and I think it was God that really revealed it to us, that love creates. Love creates. Love has no other, there is no reason, yeah? There's no reason. You, you just create and... and uh, uh, and this is very, it was very strong, it was very clear in my mind that day, that it's, it's almost God created to do what with us? What, when we create a child, when we want a child, what do we plan for the child? And I, I started to see how God, when God created man, he didn't have um, a second plan. He didn't have a ten reasons written down why it could be useful. It, it was actually out of his heart, out of his, his, the flow of love, he created us. And this is so important to understand to the reason why we are here today. To the reason why God has not placed us on the earth, but has given us life. He created us because love created, created us and he created us in love. When you create something to do something, you create a tool. Don't you? When, um, when, if God wanted to create us to use us, that's called tools. But when you create someone in your likeness, you create someone to be loved. Do you agree? You create someone in your likeness is 
the projection of yourself and that was the intention of God. God's plan was to create a godly community slash family, a godly family, his family, that would reflect his name. There's no other reason. A bit like your parents' desire to create a family or your uh, desire to create a family that carried your name. That was the, the desire of God, to create a, a godly family, his community. And is there a purpose to this community? Is there a purpose? What community were we, be, when we speak about society, when we speak about humanity, what is the purpose of humanity? What is the purpose of this community? Uh, creation, uh, was cre creation was created, man was created to create a community of love, a, a family around God. Is it something that we are familiar with? Do we uh, think about uh, humanity as God's family? Because not only when you uh, believe in God, not only when you follow God, but the, the, the humanity as God's family and community. Is it fair to say, therefore, that we grow exclusively to love, that there is no further purpose? So when we analyze uh, what God actually told them, what did he tell them? He, he told them four different um, areas or, or di different um, commandments, uh, however you want to call it. It says, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. So we could look at four different aspects. And the first one is be fruitful. In other words, uh, first, produce. Being fruitful mean, uh, looks at the individual bringing a fruit, being fruitful in itself. And I was thinking as I was uh, uh, praying and as I was preparing that you cannot reproduce if you first don't produce. So the first commandment in this uh, uh, passage, it's being fruitful. So the first uh, thing that God said to man, go and be fruitful. So we are called to bring a fruit. Uh, it's not uh, to, uh, we often look at the competences, our ability, but God actually says, go and be fruitful. Be fruitful. I was asking the question, be fruitful in what? Well, the Bible speaks about the fruit of the Spirit, yeah? Being fruitful, um, first and foremost, in the fruits of your life, in the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of God in your life. When God said to man, go and be fruitful, we immediately think, go and, and make babies. Yeah? Go and be fruitful. I'll tell you, if I asked you individually, most of the connotation and the preaching that we hear, the theology that we hear, is go and be fruitful. Meaning, because then it comes increase and, and fill the earth. So it's being fruitful. Our babies and, and do something. No, no, no. Here, the first message of God to his people, to his family was be fruitful. Be fruitful. And... The second one was reproduced, but I have come to a, a place in my life that I know that you cannot reproduce if you first don't produce. You know, there is in nature, in nature, a, a tree is considered mature when can produce fruit. In nature, we see, we can learn so much from nature. A tree is actually mature when, it's considered mature when it can actually produce fruit. 
Um, this is called the process of producing. Uh, the life of the tree has reached the stage of manifesting the fruit of its kind. Now, it is known that the average time for trees to produce is between three and seven years before they produce fruit. So it, it takes some time. But those trees that are uh, producing fruit, they are not considered to be reproducing yet until they first produce. We know this, don't we? So you cannot reproduce in your life if before you don't produce. So the first thing that God said to mankind is go and be fruitful. And, and very, very simply this morning, the first plan for God, of God in your life, is to be fruitful. Not to do things, but be fruitful in your life. Have the fruit of the Spirit. Manifest the fruit. That's your, our first natural process, to be fruitful. Sometimes we can major on producing reproducing in others what first we have not produced. You know, I found that, that the more I concentrated on changing people and trying to reproduce, the more I fell flat on my face. And I've come, kind of come to the conclusion that my natural, it's not even a responsibility, my, my natural life in God has to first produce a fruit. It is the fruit that then falls or produces seeds that will eventually reproduce. But you know, we have very little to do with reproduction. Actually, the reproduction is a natural, um, is a natural thing. That it's totally independent from the tree or the fruit. The fruit, the seed fall into a ground and the tree has nothing to do with that process. It's, a, it's almost a process outside of itself. So reproduction you don't think that you can do the work in people's life. I've come to the conclusion that you can't. Because when, if my life is a tree and my life produces a fruit, it is the seed, the natural uh, process of my seed falling into somebody's life, but you have no, um, uh, no connection with that work. Does this make sense? It's a completely independent tree. Uh, your seed might fall into the heart, so somebody may receive something from you, you bless somebody, but you have actually no control on their growth. And this is quite liberating, and it's also quite um, important to understand that uh, God's fruit in my life is a very, very natural process that will eventually maybe fall into somebody else, and it's God who will use it as he, uh, he, as he fits or as he plans to do. So the first encouragement to mankind was be fruitful. I want to encourage you this morning. The plan of God for your life is be fruitful, the fruit of the Spirit in you. No other worries. That is, that is very simple. The second one is increase. It says be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. The second one is increase. In other words, now reproduce. And it's, as I've just said, it's a very um, a reproduction that comes individually. You know, every tree reproduces. It's not major trees that 
reproduce. It, it's the tree that creates its own chain of production. So, as God reveals or uh, is fruit in your life, as your life starts to show fruit, it, there is a natural process. That fruit will fall on the ground. I, I believe God has placed us in, in places where there is more to do with what he's doing than what we are doing. Does that make sense to anybody? Don't worry too much about what you have to do in the places. You know, sometimes I look back in my, and I want to be really honest with you. Sometimes I look back in my life and I say, Lord, what am I doing here? Maybe you wonder the same. What is she doing here today? I don't know. I hope not. We sometimes wonder about one another, don't we? What, what, why is he come? And why is it God sent from Canada? Have you? No, but not in a bad way. We, we wonder about the movements of God, don't we? But have you ever thought about yourself? What are you doing where you are? Now, maybe you're very, very... Um, driven and you have made yourself and you think I know where I am because I set it out but I think you found that through uh, circumstances and through growing that we may have uh, the, the Bible speaks about to man make the plan and to God is the outcome and even in that you realize that yeah you may have had the plan but there's no way you would have end up there if God hadn't work things. There's just this, this area that God's control. And, you know, I, I've, I sometimes think about the, the way God has to use us in a place more to do with his position in us there than with our own ability and competence. It, it's just that tree planted that automatically gives a fruit because the ground around is right and God has planted you there and there is a natural increase. And I want to speak natural increase over your life today, over our life. Where you are, maybe in your work, maybe in your family, maybe in the Bible school, in the church. God has set the plan of, of God for our life, for human lives, was to be fruitful where we were, to be naturally fruitful, the fruit of the Spirit, and then to increase in the place where he puts us. Oh, I love that. Uh, be fruitful, increase. It wasn't go and try and do everything that is on your list to do, try to... Uh, you know, elbow everybody on the way to get there. It's, just, it's a very natural process. Go, be fruitful, increase. And we want to really believe today for that natural increase. Lord, maybe even now pray, ask the Lord, Lord, bring in my life natural increase. The increase that you bring, the reproduction that you want to bring around me. So there is no subject to my making. You know, I don't want to build my ministry. I don't want to build something. I want a natural increase that comes from God. I believe that. It's the fruit of God that falls from your life that will bring increase. 
It's not to do with a calculated analysis or a calculated vision of what, what you want to do. Let God be the creator. Let God be the creator. St let's stop us creating. Let him be the creator. Let us just increase in the way that God has set for us to do. The third thing is fill the earth. In other words, now, so that these are all stages of growth. First of all, naturally, be fruitful. Bring out, let the fruit of the Spirit come through your life. Concern yourself with, allow the fruit of the Spirit every day. Lord, I want to be like you, your likeness in my life. Then increase and start to increase, start to see increase around you, natural increase. The third one is fill the earth. Now, in other words, now at this stage of the growth, these are all stages of growth, you understand that you're not dealing with your own productivity or reproduction. But now you're understanding the multiplicity of growth. Now, this is an interesting part because this uh, commandment, fill the earth, was not just given to Adam and Eve. If Adam and Eve, if Adam and Eve had to create every baby on earth from the first, Oh boy. <laughs> Seven billion. When God spoke about being fruitful, increase, fill the earth, this was something that God set in already in as in a community. Does that make sense? This is when community, start, the plan of God starts to take action. And it takes us from the growth which happens very individually first through the fruit of the spirit first in my life then the apparent increase around me but now the commandment is grow into more a community connected increase filling the earth blessing does that make sense and these are the stages of growth. Growing love means, you know, first allowing God's love to come through you, then connect you to the ones that are growing around you. But now God shifts us to another place. And that is already we don't start to see ourselves like the end of it all. Does that make sense? It doesn't, we don't see ourselves as the soul production or the sole mechanism that God uses. You know, a community, the, the community that God wanted to create was interdependency. And it was a community that was going to come together and create something even bigger. Something even bigger than ourselves. You know, you cannot create on your own the, the, the degree of community that God wants to create. You, you need to understand this today. We cannot on our own create this picture, this community that God wanted to create. It starts with us. It may start from different pockets. Adam and Eve were the beginning, but we start in our own small community, our family, when we are growing up. But then it comes a time where love, growth in love means understanding that now this is not just all related to me. We start to open many avenues of filling the earth. Uh, that, that, I think that's a beautiful picture. God has made it in a way that this wasn't going to come out all from one. This was going to come out from one, 
but then it was going to reach a stage where it was all interrelated. And we will not see the glory of God in that community if we continue to work on our own. We will not see it. You know, in my work and in my ministry, I've seen many people that want to do it on their own. They want to do it on their own. But the glory of God is not manifested when we are on our own. The full glory. We start to see glimpses of glory in our own life. But when we reach a place where we can start to see how God is doing, you know, someone is increasing there and someone is filling the earth over there and something else is shooting out there. That's when we start to realize that this is bigger. God has got a plan that is much, much bigger. And the fourth one is subdue it, subdue the earth. Now, when we reach this place of growth, you reach the fullness of your growth. Subduing, what does it mean? The understanding that authority, subduing has got to do with authority, power of decision, um, increase of government, and so on. And when you, now that we reach uh, the, the understanding that that authority, power of decision, possibility and achievement of your own life, dreams, were only meant to be reached in community. This is understanding that when that, that increase of um, uh, authority, which, because God speaks about subduing the earth. So he was actually saying, you will get to a place where you will be able to exercise Authority, but authority over who? Well, um, the earth was a, a very, apart from the, the place where God put them, the, the earth had to be, in a way, um, brought into sub, uh, subjectivity or to, under domain. And man had to exercise that domain over nature, over, over the elements. And God says, you will be able to do this not on your own. And when the, the ultimate plan of God is for the church to understand that the, the real authority of the church does not come from who is the strongest personality. The real authority of the church comes from a godly community of love. It, it was all, it, it, it's all hidden there in saying you be fruitful, you start to increase around you, you start to understand that this is not a work that you do on your, uh, on your own, and together in a perfect community of love, you will be able to have authority. You will subdue the earth as a final stage of God's um, desire for man to be uh, leading, to be in control, to be strong in order to defend himself, to provide for himself. If all that was supposed to come from a community that could be so linked together that they became powerful enough to do it. Wow, so for me, when I look at the scripture and I see almost the, the indications of God of how to grow, because this was said to uh, Adam and Eve in their first stage, and it was an encouragement to, this is where I want you to go. This is where I, what I want you to reach. This is where I want to see you. That, for me, is growth. Do this, and you will come into that place. For me, 
as I look at God's word today, in a very, very simple way, I see nothing else but a God who is saying, if you start to allow the fruit of the Spirit in your life, my fruit in you to be manifest, so that people see my likeness in you, and you start to increase on that around you, you will one day be able to walk in authority, but walk in what power, in what, in subduing what? Well, when I go back to, if I go to Acts 1, 8, the Bible says you will receive power. Dunamis. You will receive power. When I look at uh, Genesis, I see a God that says, go and subdue the earth. And then I see in Acts of the Apostle uh, uh, a God that says, and wait and you will receive power, power to do. If we take this back to the original plan, what is this power? What is this power? It's the power of love. It's the power of love. There is no other aim. We are not aiming for big dreams. We are not aiming for anything else, achieving. We are aiming. God is set it from the very beginning. Move and grow and increase in your power of love. You will receive power. Power to do what? What do you want power for? What do we want power for? To see miracles? Where miracles, I don't want to go in deep theology, but where miracles part of the original plan. They're still part of the redemptive plan. Power, the real power, the undiluted power, the unpolluted power by the fallen sin is love. It's nothing else. God is bringing us to a place of growing. We are born very young and we start to aim towards something. Um, why do we want to grow? Why do children want to grow? To be able to come back after midnight. What a plan. Why do you want to grow so I can come back after midnight? Why do you want to grow so I can drive a car? You know, we growing for what? And the questions I want to leave with you today, uh, just to, to then hopefully for the next few days, that resonates in your heart. What am I growing for? What am I growing for? What am I growing towards? You will find that when you go through the many lists of many things else, you, you will come back to the place of God's intention was grow to love. Paul says something very powerful in, the very, in one of his many things. He says, when I was a child, and he, and he speaks about Corinthians, and he's actually speaking about love, the chapter per excellence of love. And he says, when, I, when he says, love is kind, love is bears all things, believes all things. And when he goes through that list, at the very end, he says, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I spoke, I, well, I, I thought as a child, I acted like a child. But now, why is he saying that? Why is he saying? Because there is a difference in the childish love that is actually concentrated on me. And Paul was saying, when I... Way back in my life, when I look back, I saw love in this infant form in my life, but I've actually discovered that love 
has to go through a process of growth. Did you ever think that love has to grow in your life? Love is a, one of the most important things that we need to grow in. Does that make sense today? Because we can grow in many, many things. We can think that we need to grow in competence. I don't know what you grow. Maybe at work, your child, you have to grow in your competence. You have to grow in your skills. We're growing in, in capacity. We're growing in theology. We're growing in this and we're growing in that. And we're growing in family. We're growing in, in money. And we're growing in possession. And we grow and we, we can think about anything that your mind is drawn to. And then ask yourself your question. Have I ever stopped and thought, my love needs to grow? I need to grow in love. Because that's what we were created for, to grow in love. Shall we all stand? And just, just something for you to consider today. And for me to consider. I want to grow. You know, one of the... One of the strongest challenges in my life in the last few years has been growing in love. I see a, a constant need. My love needs to grow. And I welcome, not the pain, but I welcome the challenges because you know what? My love has to grow. I don't know about you, but I continue to experience things that stretch, again, my capacity to love. And I say, Lord, I go back to your heart. Why did you create us? When the lights are off and when everybody's gone and I'm with myself, I say, Lord, what was your purpose? What is your purpose? And he continues, tells me, my purpose for you is to grow in love. Grow to love, Eliana, grow to love. And I'm challenged. I'm not hiding it. But you know, that's when I see God's glory. That's when we see his glory. That's when we start to see that we tap into something of heaven. Some years ago, God spoke to me very, very strongly one day and said, love is supernatural. I've come to really realize that love is not natural for us. And when we speak, when we talk about seeing the supernatural of God in our lives, I tell you today, with all God's heart on this, the first area, the, the most important area where we need to see the supernatural is in our love. Because love is supernatural. We are not able to do it on our own. And in this polluted, fallen state, we are not able to do it on our own. And just as we need God for the miracles and we need God for the intervention, we, you need it every day to love. I just want to encourage you today to make that, maybe answer that question in your heart before the Lord, together, simply together. Say, Lord, we want to grow. We want to grow in our love.
We want to grow in our love. We want to grow in you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.